Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week we're bringing you the sixth episode in our Recruit Reflection series. We're so excited to be joined by 2022 National Qualifier and Rutgers freshman Ginger Richards, who did her club training at Capital Gymnastics in Virginia and is now a walk-on at Rutgers University. Ginger was super honest and candid with us about her recruiting process. She talks about getting herself on coaches' radars after taking a break from the sport after her sophomore year of high school, what it was like watching teammates commit without any offers herself, what led her to Rutgers ultimately, if she feels there's any differences between being a walk-on and a scholarship athlete, and a whole lot more. So Ginger was incredible to talk to, and we hope you all enjoy our conversation with her. Going into your recruiting process, what was like the overall vibe and feeling for you? Were you nervous about it? Were you excited? How were you feeling? Um, I think at first I was really excited. I was like, oh, you know, this is like a great like thing. I've worked my whole, obviously, like I was three when I started gymnastics. So like I've worked my whole life for it. And so I was really excited. And then it kind of hits you that like you're going to be talking to like huge coaches, huge schools, or like even like just like, like as a teenager you don't really you've never been put in that kind of position so right. it's like oh my gosh like I'm nervous like to get on a call or um emails like making sure your emails are perfect it, it's it's a very like fast-paced situation to be in because people are committing to schools people are talking to coaches like you're being compared to like your teammates by your coaches like your coaches are being like oh well she she has a visit like are you talking to coaches or like your parents are like oh like are you talking to coaches? So it's like a, just a really like amped up situation to be in. And it's, uh, it's a stressful situation. I, I wouldn't say like the recruit, I think the recruiting process can be fun if you like take a second to like enjoy it, but it's definitely really out there. And especially so like throughout COVID, I, I didn't even know if I wanted to do gymnastics anymore. So I, I actually quit gymnastics Oh, sophomore year. And then I, after like a month and a half, I was like, wait, like, let me let me get back into gymnastics and uh so I I ended up getting back into it and then so my recruiting process kind of started from there so it was definitely like a different situation for me yeah we've heard a lot of athletes say that COVID and like being forced to take time off made them realize how much they actually love gymnastics and missed it so you're you're not alone in that experience what kinds of things did you do to get yourself on coaches radars so with Hootie, she told me, you know, you need to reach out to everyone. So I, I legitimately reached out to probably like 35 schools with emails and sent my emails out. I would tag them in uh, Instagram posts, um, DM. I would DM them because, you know, um, it was good with uh, Full Out Recruit. They would tell me like what coaches um, were more active on Instagram or more active on email. So I would really like own into that and like see okay this coach is good with dm so i'll dm them so i was i think i was pretty good with communicating and then when they would respond i would try and respond pretty quickly um but to get on their radar i i just reached out to everyone i i really reached out to so many people 
with Fallout Recruiting, how did you find them? And then at what point did you decide that you wanted like outside help with your recruiting journey? Recruiting without a recruiter is probably pretty difficult. I think um, Fallout Recruit did a really good job because I had a talk with Fallout Recruit. We had a meeting and I really liked how like one-on-one they were. And I had other teammates that worked with other recruiters and they were like, oh, you know, they're not that helpful. So I I really took into account like other people's opinions on different recruiting and recruiting like people. And I really liked Full Out Recruit. They were just really, I think um, I started talking to them more when they were in like the beginning stages of becoming like bigger. And so I had like a lot of one-on-one attention and I really, I really liked that. It was good. Um. I think it's hard. It, you know, it's really hard to get on a phone call. She, um, Hootie would help me get on phone calls and have mock phone calls. She would help me with email templates. And without that, I think I'd be pretty lost. I mean, she, she was really good with like how to write an email and how you should talk to coaches. And it was really helpful to have that without it. I don't think I would have gotten recruited honestly. And she has that experience herself from being a gymnast at Iowa. So she went through the recruiting process. She knows firsthand what it's like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she, yeah, it was awesome. And I think I just really liked her. Like we just had a good connection. So like it was an, it was an enjoyable process with her. Yeah. You kind of just mentioned that, but my next question was what was the most helpful part for you in working with full recruiting? I honestly think that Hootie, who I worked with, she would reach out to coaches too. Like if I was struggling, like, oh, I really like this school she would reach out too. And I, I was reaching out. So she'd be like, Hey, like I have a girl, she's really interested. Here are her skills. And, uh, I, I think that was awesome. You know, like yeah. have another, a person who's like bigger up in that world, talk to coaches. She's an adult and I'm just like a kid, you know, there's so many kids reaching out to coaches. Like if you have an outside party, reach out to them. I mean, it's helpful. It's like a, it's like a ding on the. On the yeah, I was gonna say it probably feels good to have like somebody else in your corner, like somebody who yeah. knows what they're doing and they're advocating for you and they're pointing out like all of these great qualities about you as a person, but also your gymnastics and helping you get recognized. So I would imagine that'd be really helpful. Yeah, no, it was definitely really helpful. And then just like email templates and like the phone call and mock interviews she would do, it was all really helpful. I, I wouldn't say any part of it. Well, I mean, I think that. There was a lot of like background stuff that I had to do in the beginning and I was like, oh, like, I don't want to do all of this. And it was just kind of like setting up my website, you know, um, picking out like all the schools that I want to put in like reach or like target or um, like easy school to get into. And it was just like it was a long process with that. Um, she, you know, you do a lot of work there, but she was just really helpful overall. Like towards the end of it, I was so thankful. Yeah. So on June 15th, that's the day when athletes are allowed to like actually have communication officially with coaches. Did you receive any calls from coaches that day? Any official visit offers get set up on that day? Or was it a little bit later in the process for you? Definitely a little bit later. That was actually when I wasn't even doing gymnastics anymore. Okay. So so right after sophomore year, June 15th, I wasn't even doing gymnastics. I had quit fully. So like I wasn't talking to any coaches. I hadn't been going to camps in a long time. I don't think I was on anyone's radar there. And so I I think going into junior year, I started to really start to talk to coaches again. And actually one of the first people to email me first was Rutgers, Coach Umi. She she mm-hmm. emailed me first. And I was emailing all of these all of these schools I was really interested. And she had emailed me first. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And then yeah. I actually never touched on it again. 
I I kind of left it for the whole season. I was like, oh, I don't want to be in New Jersey. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was because, you know, Rutgers is in New Jersey. I don't know. I, I was really looking at, like, West Coast schools or kind of, like, super close to home. Like, it was either, like, a far stream or, like, in D.C. because I'm from Virginia. Okay. So, like, GW. Um, so I didn't even really think much of that. Um, but, you know, I, I was talking to a good amount of people at that time later in the process. It wasn't straight on June 15th. Now, did you only consider D1 schools or at any point did you consider like D2 and D3? I definitely considered D2 and D3. I talked to Wisconsin Eau Claire a lot, which is D3. Um, There was a couple other Wisconsin schools that I really talked to and I have a lot of family in Minnesota. So I was like, oh, you know, it, it would be cool if I was in Wisconsin, kind of closer up there. I talked to Maryland up for a while because I had been going to the Maryland camps for like so long um, because it was just like right there since I was born. (laughs) Um, I talked to Women Mary, GW, talked to Rutgers. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I talked to pretty much anyone that would respond to me. I tried to have a conversation with them. At least, you know, I tried to get a feel for everything. So, yeah, definitely not just only D1, but I definitely was shooting for D1 because it was always, like, a goal of mine. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I talked to everyone. So, now, when you were talking to coaches, what kinds of things did you do to prepare for those calls? We've heard a lot of athletes say that they have, like, a binder or, like, some sort of paper with, like, a bunch of information about the school. Did you do anything like that or something different, maybe? To be honest, I think it was, like, five minutes before each call, I would, like, look up like something I, and, I appreciate that honesty honestly <laughs> that's very relatable <laughs> yeah I definitely didn't um I think like schools that I was really really interested in I definitely did like research like days before and my parents would definitely give me like advice and talk to me but I think I, I enjoy talking so I, I was never like a it was never like a nervous thing like I'm not gonna have stuff to talk about like let me make a list of things like I kind of in my own opinion I was like oh if I don't have a good conversation with the coach like if they don't like me personally or if I don't like how they're interacting with me then maybe it's not for me you know the schools that I was really talking to had a good background on already so but like I I would look up a little bit beforehand but definitely I didn't have a binder or anything love that a lot of the athletes we've talked to have been like they're like super prepared they have like all these things and you're like yeah like I just I'm just winging it pretty much yeah I think that's just kind of how I'd go about my life no I I appreciate that though I mean I feel like not everybody's the same you know and some people Mm. are kind of just more like go with the flow and you're a sociable person so I feel like you don't probably need to like mentally prep yourself (laughs) see I'm the kind of person that like I need notes like very specific things that I want to mention I'll get nervous and I'll forget yeah so (laughs) I think giving myself giving myself notes and all of that information would make me more nervous like if I just kind of wing it essentially like I'm just happier (laughs) but that's funny we love that for you (laughs) so you mentioned going d1 kind of being like the biggest goal for you but what other things were really on your mind when deciding what schools you wanted to go to were you looking at academics were you looking at location from home team culture anything like that what kind of things were most important to you uh academics was number one i think throughout all of high school i had like a 4.0 gpa all throughout high school i had talked to yale for a while too i really liked andy he was the coach there when i was talking to him uh when i was talking to yale uh I think academics were the definitely number one. Oh, hold on. I got to let my dog. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Brief interruption. <laughs> yeah, brief interruption. Maybe we can say hi to her. 
You want to say hi, Rosie? <laughs> Is that a golden doodle? She's a flan doodle. Oh, oh I knew it was some sort um, of doodle. I could tell by the hair. We yeah, have a golden doodle, so. Oh <laughs> yeah, another yeah doodle, and she's cut like a poodle right now too. She looks ugly. <laughs> no, I love the little like like brain poof. Like that's I hate it. Brain. Really? Hate oh, it. <laughs> and her feet, you. her feet are all cut. She's too fat to be cut like a poodle <laughs> that's how our, our golden doodle he's like very fat because we feed him a lot of food <laughs> i know we he, feed her so much it's like a giant poodle <laughs> <laughs> okay where were we um I, I my memory is like horrible what was the last question oh you were asking about like um you said academics was important was there yes, other factors okay. yes um academics uh so i wanted to for, like prior to going into college i wanted to go either into like law or to medicine so I was looking at schools that were like really good with that um in regards to Rutgers I really liked the location of it being close to New York City and it was also super close to the Jersey Shore so it was like oh you get beach and you get city like I, I really liked location best of both worlds yeah <laughs> and I kind of leaned away from the Wisconsin schools because of that Location was a big thing. Academics. I looked for schools that had good business school and good medical school, um, for sure. I I really didn't look into team dynamic too much, which I kind of wish I did. I think that I in my mind I was like, oh, you know, it's just a bunch of gymnasts, like girls. I've been around them my whole life, but like in reality, that amount of girls in one area is gonna be problematic because women are women, you know. And so I kind of <laughs> wish I did look into that a little bit more. Um, because now that I'm like, I have a lot of teammates that are at different places and, you know, they're in terrible situations with like the girls and I, I got lucky. I mean, I really like Rutgers. I like the girls a lot, but I think that's something I would recommend to other people, like really do look into the team dynamic and the coaching. But when I had gone on visits, I, I liked to ask the girls, like genuinely, how does this coach coach? Like, is, is this a hard coach? is she lenient is he blah 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 blah. like I, I did look into that because I I work well with like like hard coaches um yeah. so I I kind of it was interested in that for sure <clears throat> yeah. you like to be pushed a little bit <laughs> yeah no I I definitely like that I like coaches that yeah push me essentially mm-hmm. so what visits did you take either official visits or unofficial visits so I took I think my first visit was William and Mary it was unofficial yeah it was unofficial um and it was it was really good I I liked it a lot um you know I just kept my options open I had been talking to them for a while and they were a higher academic school so I really liked that and then um I I was talking to Maryland forever I'm going on camps I can't remember if I went on an unofficial there or if it was just like I had been on camps I think I think I went to a camp and then they kind of just invited me to like go around with them like the coaches did so it wasn't like a it was like a super unofficial unofficial yeah (laughs) Um, and then I had been invited to several unofficials in the Wisconsin schools and I was right before I had gone on my official to Rutgers they were like oh we want you to come out so I had planned to go to the Wisconsin schools right after the Rutgers visit and then I ended up committing I ended up like really liking Rutgers and it was going well. So I canceled the flight there because it was unofficial. So that was like out of pocket money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I had an official at Rutgers um, and that was my first official visit was Rutgers and my last because I ended up committing there. Can you explain for people like 
the difference between an official and an unofficial visit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's way different. Um, unofficial. So obviously, like you pay for everything. For what I can remember, it's just you don't get as much information and or attention. It's kind of just like, oh, you can get a feel for the school, you can get a feel for the team, but like get out after that. Like <laughs> it, it was <laughs> like it's definitely not as like Well, I hope nobody said that to you. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no one said that to me. Um like I, I William and Mary, I think I was only da- there for a day. Okay. And then at Rutgers, I was there for like two days three days okay that that pretty much matches what we've heard so far like official visits tend to be two days it's paid for by the university unofficial is usually just one day and it's kind of like just come quickly do a little tour or whatever yeah. and then you leave you don't do like the fancy photo shoots or anything like that right right I think some I think some people on unofficials do photo shoots uh but yeah no I didn't I didn't at Women Mary and then at Rutgers I did and you, you sleep over with the girls on an official. So you get to, like, sleep in either it's an apartment or a dorm. Like, at Rutgers, it was an apartment. Um, I got to sleep with the girls. Um, I think they just want you to get, like, really the full experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Official, which was nice. I liked it. Do you have, like, a favorite memory from any of the visits that you went on? Like, anything, like, cool you got to do, fun, interesting? I guess, like, what's your your best visit memory? <laughs> um. Well, Rutgers took me to Broadway. And I had never been to Broadway. Okay. And that was so cool. <laughs> we we spent, like, the whole day in the gym, like, whatever. And then on the itinerary, it was like, oh, we're going to New York City. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that's awesome. Let's go to New York City. And then, you know, everyone's dressing nice. And, like, we're, we're going to see a Broadway show. And I was like, what? Like, I had never seen a Broadway show. And it was just so – it was such a cool thing. Because, you know, it's, like, away from gymnastics. It's just, like, a another thing you can do. And that's, like, a – thing at Rutgers you know you you can go to New York City literally whenever how far is it um we on my official we took a bus and it was like like an hour but it was 6 p.m it was rush hour um yeah (laughs) um but the train is like 45 minutes I think oh that's not bad at all no it's really not and like if there's no traffic going up to New York City it's like probably also like 45 minutes 30 45 minutes I'm not sure but yeah, I know it's awesome. But yeah, we we saw Broadway and that was so so cool. So you ended up walking on at Rutgers. Um, if you're comfortable sharing, did you receive any scholarship offers or no? Yeah, so I actually so from Rutgers, I'm on like a little partial scholarship. So of mm-hmm. our class, there's two people on full ride, um, and then there's one person on partial, and she's on like like three-fourths partial and I want to say that I'm probably like one-fourth partial like I have a I have a stipend of some sort okay. um and then there's like two there's three other just like straight walk-ons so actually the big differentiation that I chose between like I really was leaning towards Maryland like I was really interested in Maryland it was in the Big Ten I really loved like the academics at Maryland and I had visited Maryland I went to Rutgers visited there and I was like oh this is like Maryland on steroids like it was huge <laughs> it was also in the Big Ten um the academic facilities were better the gym was so so nice they just renovated everything their um, facility is really nice it's incredible they just have a lot of money yeah, at, yeah. At Rutgers, and it's awesome was getting a scholarship something that was important to you like was that something that you were like 
really focused on and did you not care as much about that it wasn't necessarily that I didn't care about it it was more like oh I'm not really sure if this is like written in my story kind of thing mm-hmm. um because you know I had I had only at that point I had never made it to nationals junior year and then ju- end of junior year I made it to nationals and that's when it was like it clicked like coaches were like okay like they they watch you you're at nationals like that's where like you get the most looked at and then people are like okay she made it to nationals I never was really like seeking out a scholarship and then when Umi the head coach at Rutgers was like and we have some money for you I was like bingo like that's everything you know because I was I was looking for a walk-on uh-huh. like yeah. that, that was I was like if I can go d1 I can go d1 if I can get a walk-on great I was never like oh I need money and then she was like we have some money and I was like oh my gosh like that's awesome like it, it just all ended up falling into place you gotta be so patient with the process yeah but, yeah do you remember when that was that they offered that like partial or quarter or whatever it is scholarship to you like do you remember when that was in your in your journey yeah so junior year nationals went through all of summer after nationals I reached back out to Rutgers and I hadn't talked to them the whole season and I was like hey like saw you guys at um nationals um I know we spoke briefly like several months ago just wondered where you guys are in your recruiting process and then she emailed back went through the whole summer we were still talking we started having phone calls and then I went on my official in September to Rutgers and then I think Umi had told my parents already that she was going to offer me mm-hmm. and that there was some money involved and my parents didn't say anything. And then three days or four days later after my visit, Umi asked to set up a call. And then I was like, yeah, sure. Like just like debrief of the visit. I think that that's what I was thinking. And then she had offered me on the call and then said that there was money. okay and so that stipend that you get is it like a portion of money that you get every month spread out from your like your full four years there or how does that work so it's per semester I think or it's per year my mom put down the whole deposit um for the semester and then I get money so I think years prior we were like the athletes were just giving us a check Mm -hmm. with your with your money and this year it changed at Rutgers. She was like, we're just going to put it directly into your, your, like your portal and it's going to pay off whatever you haven't paid. So I think my mom, she paid off the entire thing and she's actually just going to give me that money. It's just going to kind of like end up going like that. Um, But I, I believe it's at the end of every semester. It's not at the beginning or it's at the end of every year, but I'm pretty sure it's semester. (laughs) And so if you're like a full walk-on, I genuinely know nothing about this, <laughs> the money aspect of it. But if you're like yeah. a full walk-on, do you not get a stipend at all? Yeah, none. Okay. Um, it You can get academic money, but it's, I mean, it's difficult. You you got to, I, yeah, you don't get any money. And, and especially being like out of state, it's so expensive. Right. And school is just so expensive right now. So I'm I'm very grateful for the money that I to get um but yeah you you pay for everything literally everything but the good thing is um you don't get treated like any different on the team if you're a walk-on or on scholarship like everyone gets the same amount of everything you get the same gear like there's no difference at all okay that was gonna be my next question like if there were any differences (laughs) there's none and I was really worried about that I think I had talked to a lot of girls that like when I had gone on my visit like 
I talk to a lot of girls and be like, you know, are you treated differently? And you kind of realize that majority of the team is actually walk-ons because, mm-hmm. I mean, Rutgers team is humongous. It's 30, 31 people, which is massive. Oh, dang. So, like, m- majority of the team is actually walk-on. Um, yeah, everyone is treated the same. It, that's good it, that's how it should be i mean like obviously yeah. we talk about it just from like a recruiting standpoint because people are going to go through that process and they're going to have to be in a position where they might walk on somewhere but like once you're on a team i feel like they're that should almost never even be brought up like what is yeah it- that's another thing <laughs> like you, you don't really talk about it at all i think our head coach is really strict on that too she's just like you know you don't talk about money like get, yeah get yeah people get money, some people don't and it, everyone gets treated the same and it's great like right you're all a part of the same team it doesn't matter if you're a scholarship athlete or a walk-on, like you're all on this team together and you're all pulling your weight. Right. I mean, you need everyone, you know, like everyone has a role and it's, yeah, no one's treated any differently. So what would you say now looking back is the the biggest piece of advice you could give for athletes going through this process? And is there anything that like, you kind of touched on it a little bit with like, wishing that you had paid more attention to like culture with the teams that you were talking to or visiting, but like mm-hmm. um, anything that you wish maybe that you knew back then that you know now. So I had gone from a really small gym to a bigger, great like gym to get recruited better. And my coach, my head coach that I was working with, he's like my favorite coach ever. He knows a lot of college coaches. And so he knew a lot about the personalities and, you know, college coaches put on a face in the recruiting process you don't really know who they really are so listening to like other people and what they know about the coaches and really get to know like how they coach how who they are as a person is really important I think that was like one of my my biggest things that like I started to like tune into at the very end I was like wait is this person like a good human being like that I want to be coached by um that was a big thing being patient with yourself because the, the process is gut-wrenching like it's hard it's long you get it's a lot of disappointment you know I mean there's schools that you know your dream school and you realize like you are totally not in their league especially as like a person that like isn't like a scholarship potential person you you have to like really realize that like you gotta like be patient reach out to the d3s the d2s the lower d1s anything reach out to as many people as you can. I think networking is also really important. Like if you see them in person, go up, shake their hand and like like introduce yourself because I think like having like human interaction is sometimes better, you know, because it's not yeah. just like behind a screen and they're like, "Oh wait, you're like a you're like a good person. You just came up and shook shook my hand." Like, yeah, at least a good impression. Yeah, I think just being patient because it's it's a hard process. That that's the advice I would give. I I give that to like my younger teammates in my club gym. It's not an easy process, and you just have to like know like your path will come at the end. Like I was so happy with everything, and I was glad that I was patient with it. Yeah, something that you mentioned like right at the top of this interview was like comparing yourself to other people and I was wondering if you could just like speak a little bit more about that and like how you kind of manage that for yourself because that's something that like I guess I never really like just as like a fan I never really thought about like 
what that would be like, you know, going in the gym and seeing like maybe other people that you train with getting like a bunch of really big offers or just going on social media and seeing it. Like now everyone posts all their visits and you know, everyone's, you know, you're not that same level of attention. Like, what does that feel like? And like, how, how did you manage that? And like, I guess any tips that you may have for people who are going to be in a similar situation to what you were in? Yeah. Um, well, it's difficult. Um, I had like my my best friend on my club team. She was committed right into her junior year, and I committed in the beginning of my senior year. So that was a whole year of her already being committed, and I was just like, "Wow, like I really wish I like was already committed. Like this would be so much easier." Like you just compare yourself, and you have to realize like your journey is not like anyone else's. You know, people get recruited so late, and people get recruited so early. Yes, there's the June fifteenth timeline, but there really is no timeline. you have to just realize that like there's not going to be a perfect time I I I don't know I think I was just really always comparing myself to people around me like getting calls or talking to other people or going on visits and then like oh she's already committed and I'm not committed yet towards the end I I I really just like I locked in and I was like nobody else like matters you know I I just need to if I want to reach my goal I need to reach my goal so I I really wanted to go to Maryland she was committed to Maryland um and so it was like really difficult because I was like oh like I want to go to Maryland so bad and she was already committed and I was like kind of talk I was talking to the Maryland coaches but you know they were like talking to other people which like as they do it was hard to be around people your age that were already committed because you you want to be committed um but it it happens and time it happens you just gotta work with it (laughs) I think a good life lesson not even just talking gymnastics but life in general everyone's life has its own timeline like I think you feel a lot of pressure like right out of high school you got to go to college and then you got to get married and then you got to have kids and like you feel like you have to follow the specific timeline but everyone's life is different everyone wants different things and everyone has their own timeline and I think that's a really important lesson just for life in general yeah right I agree so you're in your freshman year now. How was that transition to college and not only just gymnastics, but as a student as well? It's so hard. It's <laughs> so hard. Like, yeah, people say it's difficult. No, it's difficult. Like, it's it's rough. I mean, you're away from your parents. You're away from your normal structure. I, I think a really difficult thing for me and another thing to look into is, you know, you go to school in the morning as a high school part, like a student, you go to school in the morning and then you go to practice at night. Or if you're not homeschooled, but like I wasn't homeschooled, so that was my schedule. And then I come to come to Rutgers, and uh, it's uh... another interruption. Yes, come here, come on. Is your dog again? Yes. <laughs> yeah, big job. Is it, is it a boy or a girl? <laughs> oh, she's like, I want to be a part of the interview. Yes, she does. Okay, sit down. Emotional support dog. What do you know about recruiting? <laughs> right. She was there for some of the calls. Yeah. emotional okay. support dog <laughs> where was I um you said it was really hard your transition yeah okay yeah um and then I go to Rutgers and I have practice in the morning and school at night so mm-hmm. it my whole schedule's flipped and it ends up being like if you have a if you have a bad school day you can like wrap it around and go to practice and you know but now it's like if you have a bad practice you have to be able to like recoup yourself and then go to school and that was like a really difficult thing for me and then now I'm I'm living with my teammates and and it's like you're spending time in the gym with your teammates for four hours 
I mean, lifting and whatever. And then I'm living with them. And then I'm going to classes with them. I'm, like, always with these people. I was just thrown into, like, school and just, like, given, like, a best friend immediately. And you have to just be best friends with them because you live with them and you're teammates with them. And it's hard. I mean, like, you don't know anything about this person. You think you do and you don't. And it's, like, getting to know people and then, like, adjusting to – um like the new schedule and then the gymnastics in college is so much more fast paced. Like practice is like three hours rather than me having a five and a half hour practice and you're getting everything in that you would in the five hour practice, but you're doing it in three hours. And so you're just working so much faster and it's just so it's high energy and it can be overstimulating like club gymnastics. You're not really cheering the way you do in college. And like, (laughs) there's just so much support. It's like, overwhelming almost yeah and you're like, why are all these people screaming for me yes it's crazy and um I think I think that I mean classes are a lot harder in college um and then having to balance that with gymnastics and then I think a lot of schools have study hours too and as a freshman you have eight eight hours of study hall that you have to do so yeah. any free time that I have I'm not going to be able to go take a nap because I have to go get my study hours in yeah. so it's just it's just exhausting and and being a student athlete it, like I think I'm acclimating to it finally like I think but it's November 22nd now and I would say last week or the last two weeks were the first two weeks of college that I was able to like do it how I wanted to do it and not just be like pushed around and told what to do and everything like you need to yeah. go to class you need to go to practice like I was able to like relax and like actually do it so it took probably I mean essentially like the whole semester yeah. to just acclimate to that well, I appreciate you saying that, though, because I feel like a lot of the time, like, this is something that's not often talked about. I feel like for student athletes in particular, it's like, I don't know, it is a lot to adjust to. Like, you have your classes and you have your practice schedule. But even what you said about, like, adjusting to being on a, such a large team with so many different personalities and you're around those people a lot. Like, that is a huge adjustment that I feel like is kind of, I don't know if underrated is the word that I'm looking It's not for. talked about it's, a whole lot. It's not talked about a lot. So I appreciate you saying all yeah. that and shedding light on that. Yeah, I, I mean that that's just what I've been living the past three months. <laughs> it's it's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think as the as time goes on, the transition it gets easier and easier. And for sure. By senior year, you'll be like good to go in every regard. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it looks like that. As like I think all I mean every senior had come to me and was just like, this first semester is the hardest semester of yeah. college. I mean to acclimate to it, and it it sucks to be like seeing like people around you that aren't athletes be able to like do what they want all the time but you don't have time for that you know like in college like people go out but like as an athlete you can't necessarily go out like ever you know and like you're you're trying to balance like a social life but essentially there is no social life until you can like really get the schedule down Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of team rules like to add on to like everything there's team rules that you have to know and like I never had team rules in club so it's just like a lot of different everything like everything's different that's actually probably a good thing for recruits to ask like asking what the team rules are just so you know yeah looking at a school like just know just know what you're getting into yeah yeah Yeah. I, I actually totally agree with that quick question about so you said you have like eight hours of study that you have to do is that only while you're a freshman or I don't know if I've heard that before yeah so I think because we're a more of like a academically stronger school um, that really, really focus on our academics. So 
going into freshman year, you have eight hours of study hall. And then after semester one, oh no, I think after the first year, yeah, after the first year, if your GPA is over a 3.0, you drop down to like four hours of study hall. And then if you like hold that, you eventually don't have to go to study hall. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, it's in this building called the Rodkin. It's an athlete only study building. And that's where we get our tutors. We have tutors assigned to us. Um, honestly, like, it's really nice to do homework in there. So, like, if I never, if I ended up not getting any more study hours, I would still go there to do homework. And your tutors are there and your academic advisor's there. Um, And so it was just, like, it's good to be there. It is a little draining to have a full eight hours because sometimes I had to get those eight hours and I didn't have any more work left to do. So I would just have to sit get creative yeah literally I would take a nap I don't know (laughs) but I think I I haven't heard that um any other school actually Um, yeah Rutgers yeah we have study hours interesting well I mean that is I guess kind of nice I mean I feel like when I was a student I would have liked to have like a a tutor assigned to me and you know to be able to go in this building and I'm thinking a designated place to study so I'm a student at Michigan and like the campus is huge there's so many students and like it is impossible to find a place to even sit half the time like I couldn't study on campus if I wanted I'm being slightly dramatic but like (laughs) the fact that you guys have this like place that you can go that's like just for the athletes yeah I feel like that's a nice perk of being a student athlete it's yeah it is so nice and the building the Rodkin is incredible. It's gorgeous. And then you like go upstairs and there's like this whole screen and it says your name and your tutor and your time. And like, you can see if you have tutoring that day or not. And there's like these little like cubbies, like there's, they're like quiet cubbies. And then there's like social areas and it's cool. Cause it's just like every athlete on campus can go there and nobody else can get in there. Like your key card as an athlete works in there and that's it and so like you're just surrounded by athletes constantly and that's another thing like you I I didn't really realize how like kind of secluded you are from like the people that aren't athletes like you kind of end up being in like your own bubble like it's just like all athletes and you're always hanging out which is nice because like they get what you're doing like they get how stressed everything is like we're going to bed so early they're going to bed so early like your friend group it's good to be like in a friend group of athletes because like they get and understand like what's going on so looking ahead to this season what are some of your goals you can say team goals or or personal goals well I would like to make lineup (laughs) that's that's the first goal your Um, beam is really good I really want to see the beam lineup (laughs) I know I we had an inner squad yesterday I competed beam and bars um so yeah I, I mean I was recruited for bars and beam um yeah I would like to make beam lineup I think with in regards to beam it's more like who's more consistent because like a lot of people a lot of people on the team do beam it's just like who's the most consistent who's the cleanest and I I really want to do my triple series this year I haven't competed my triple series but I love I love my triple series you do a front to back right you do front aerial back handspring like okay yeah Yeah. it's beautiful thank you um yeah I definitely want to make beam line up and then bar lineup my bars is really unique it's I do a Rudy dismount Um, yeah I noticed that yeah so I think um my my head coach at Rutgers she was really like she liked my bars a lot and she was like we really want that in lineup like it's super cool we have three people on the team that do Rudy dismounts like she really just likes that unique (laughs) bars and so like 
but I, our freshman class is good on bars. Like, I, I think that we have a girl that might be, like, Big Ten freshman on bars. I, I think our bars should be good this year. So, we'll see. I Yeah, my goal is to make lineup. Um, Obviously, I want the team to do good. <laughs> that would be great. Um, I'm honestly not really familiar with, like, like big fives, big tens, national championship. I don't really even know like what's that, going. On. That is hilarious to me. I've heard them say before they don't like. Did you not watch college gymnastics when you were growing no, up? No, that is so funny to me. Not at all. <laughs> I don't watch gymnastics like at all. Really? Well, I guess that answers one of the questions we have coming up. <laughs> we have a fun question, but I guess we'll have to skip over that one. That's funny though. Yeah, like we we've always been fans and we've watched. You know our entire lives and so like we know the ins and outs and everything but it's so, so funny so even yeah. like ncaa championships you don't tune in and watch i think i i'm i like last year i was like oh like who's gonna win but i didn't watch it and I, I don't know i i i think it was more like when i was younger i was like oh like i want to do that but then i i just never i don't know i don't really like watching it i yeah. i do it so much every day all the time right. and I really want to watch it it already consumes enough of your life that's right. fair. that's fair yeah. <laughs> okay so to wrap up we have some just like random fun questions for people to okay. get to know you a little bit better so first one is favorite thing to do outside of gymnastics lifting I love lifting like power lifting I love it like I'm always in the like gym lifting weights and squatting and benching it's like my favorite thing even on top of doing gymnastics, you're like lifting on the side. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Go off. <laughs> I know. I like there was a period of time last year where I would go through a full day of school, full five hour practice, and then it'd be like nine PM and I would go lift. Because wow. I just it was like the thing that like just like kept me sane. Yeah. Because, you know, like I just put my headphones on and lift. I'm also a diver. I I do dive. <laughs> really? Oh. Yeah. I, I was I was a diver for the past um, eight years. Did you do it com- competitively? Yeah. Oh, cool. Were you like, and, okay, I don't know if this might be like a weird, like, were you good? Like, how good were you? I, I don't know anything about diving. So. Yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 like, that was like a, I kind of almost started talking to colleges for dive. Okay. So I kind of had like a little double thing going. Like, <laughs> if gymnastics didn't work out, I could get a backup that. plan. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was cool. And a lot of my doctors, like, were like, you just keep getting injured in gymnastics, like, please go to dive. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had to decide, like, do I want to go dive path or gymnastics? I chose gymnastics. But I did dive. I finished my last season of dive over the summer. And uh, I coach dive, too. I've coached for the past four years. I really like dive. It, it's like, it, it's gymnastics without the impact. Like, it doesn't hurt, like, right. your ankles and joints. Like, yeah. it's fun. I like dive. It's kind of scary, though. <laughs> it's cool that you have like interests outside of gymnastics a lot of the gymnasts that we've talked to it's like they're so focused on gymnastics not that there's anything wrong with that but it's cool that you have like an identity outside of gymnastics uh, yeah if I if my identity was only gymnastics I think I would like be miserable <laughs> I think it's fun I, I like having a different, different yeah so now when you're diving you're like flipping kind of like head first and then when you're doing gymnastics, you're trying to land on your feet. So, like, does right. that throw you off? Uh, um, <laughs> no, but the hard – one of the hardest things about dive is that the timing between dive and gymnastics is different. So, like, waiting – I'm going to give a little demonstration here. So, <laughs> here's me. Here's the diving board. 
you push the diving board down and you have to be patient and wait for it to rise and then you lift right yeah but in gymnastics you have to punch really fast like off the floor so like that's like a big thing like the timing is different but I kind of differentiate that in my brain so like they're actually two totally different sports like yeah they kind of look similar but like I don't get them mixed up at all like diving so interesting yeah. Even just you doing that little, like, with your hand, that little example, I'm like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You yeah. do great with diving. And you have, like, you have to be you so patient. The springboard almost, like, throw you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, then, and it's also not called a springboard. Or what is it called? Like a diving board? Diving board, yeah, diving board. Okay. See, I don't know what I'm talking about. Springboard? That's gymnastics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, same concept, right? But gymnastics, it's like, yeah, it's like quick. You're punching and you immediately twist. Yeah. That's- right, yeah. And you have to be, you have to be quick with it because if you're, like, soft on your landing, like, you're not going to go anywhere, you know? It's almost like you're, like, looser in dive. It's interesting. It's a yeah. totally different, totally different sport. That is interesting. Yeah. Next question is, what is your dream vacation? Hmm. Or I guess if you could like travel anywhere, where would you go? I really want to go to Australia. I I I love spiders and snakes and weird things like. Oh, that. okay, you lost I, me on I, that. I, you, you, <laughs> you've been so relatable this whole interview, and now you've lost me. Not relatable. <laughs> yeah, I got a little alter ego moment. <laughs> yeah, I want to go like scuba diving. Um, I love like nature and like weird stuff like that because you know I have I have some family in Vermont and like Vermont's all like weird animals and stuff like that too I, I like it I-, I think I would you know Australia Bora Bora I don't have my honeymoon there whoever I marry we're going future husband we're going to Bora Bora I love that you have this plan out already you're like I don't know who I'm marrying but I do know where we're getting married at. <laughs> yeah, <our> yes <laughs> Yes, we will be going to Bora Bora. Thank you very much. <laughs> I want to be in those little huts, like, yeah. on the water. Yeah, they're so that. nice. I know. I want that. I just want to be in the water. I like the water. I like the ocean a lot. Yeah, same. This one, I guess we're going to skip over because it was going to be, what do, you, what do you prefer, watching gymnastics or doing gymnastics? But you've already revealed that you don't watch gymnastics. So Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like watching people fail. It's funny. <laughs> they watch like fails on Instagram. Those are funny. Yeah. Those are pretty good. Yeah. What about top thing on your bucket list? Skydiving. I really want to go skydiving. Yeah, um, you seem like a skydiving kind of girl. Yeah. Throw me out of plane. I want to die <laughs> in the air. Yeah, I definitely want to go skydiving. I don't really, I haven't really made a bucket list. I don't really know what I want to do. Yeah, that's fair. Some people don't have, but even if you don't have an actual like written out bucket list, you have like some idea in your head of things you want to do in your lifetime. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely want to go skydiving. I want to go. I want to go scuba diving and like with sharks. My dad's gone swimming with great white sharks in Africa, and I want to do really? that. <laughs> that is cool, but also slightly terrifying. Yeah, see, okay. like, I want to watch a video of that, but I don't want to actually be doing it. Do it, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I think I'm an adrenaline junkie. Like, I I just think I really like adrenaline. Yeah, like, that's you like must be. <laughs> I like, like, I love competing because it's just, like, so much adrenaline and then, like, weird things like spiders and snakes and sharks. <laughs> yeah, all <laughs> these things that, like, average people are like no thank you (laughs) sign me up (laughs) yes (laughs) okay so last one if you could have dinner with any person dead or alive who would you pick i really need to think about this one hold on so many people to choose from i don't even know what my answer to that question would be 
yeah what would your guys' answers be <laughs> oh god now you're asking me questions um us asking you questions but we also don't have any answer to it ourselves like we just <laughs> you to come up with an answer but well, we can't say, i would do patrick mahomes because i love him <laughs> patty uh... <laughs> I'm like in love with him, so right. <laughs> or, or I would do Harry Styles, which I know is like the complete opposite of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, very I'm different. So in love with him. I think if I had to have dinner with somebody, it would either be uh Lil Peep, who's dead, or Drake, or Ben Roethlisberger. Do you know who that is? Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. He he was the quarterback for the Steelers. I'm a big Steelers fan. Okay. He was quarterback for the Steelers for a while, and he he retired. So one of those three people. Okay, so me and you were trying to be football wives, NFL wives. Right, that's the goal actually. So I don't have to do anything in life. Even though Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is married, but that's okay. Huh? Right, he is. Does he have kids? Yeah, he does. He has two kids. <laughs> she knows. She's like, actually, I do know he has kids. <laughs> <laughs> his wife's name is Brittany and my name is also Brittany so I'm like that could have been me but oh my god <laughs> that's foul oh my goodness <laughs> I might have to cut this out this might be making me sound bad I'm surprised you didn't say Polly D you're obsessed with Polly D too I, I do oh, Jersey oh Shore my god. Jersey Shore oh yeah I never watched that and I live, yeah, I live I in Jersey even... now I never watched Jersey okay Shore. now you have to watch it now is the time everyone's been telling me to isn't like Snooky, is that a person? Oh, yes, yeah. Wow. the situation. Yeah. She tries to make me watch it, but I just, I can't get into it. It's just, like, dumb. It's so, isn't it, like, just so trashy? It yeah. is trashy, yeah. Especially <laughs> the early season. Like, now they do, like, like, they, what they call, it's, like, family reunions where they, like, get together, but they're all in their, like, 40s now or, like, late 30s. <laughs> so now, and they all have, like, kids and, and lives, and so it's not as fun anymore, but, like, the, the original Jersey Shore was very trashy but it's it was on fun. where is it on netflix um hulu on hulu and then if you have sling you can also watch it on there i'll have hulu though maybe i'll watch it or just go you can just go on youtube and like look up highlights of it like watch like the fights and like just the them fights <laughs> yeah <laughs> like fights and like people getting arrested and it's just like it's just like trashy reality tv but like sometimes you need that in your life you know what i mean yeah i agree she wants to we we have a goal of going to every state yeah and she wants to go to new jersey to go to the shore house yeah because the house is still up so like they started filming i think in like 2010 and that house is like still up and like i think you can like do tours of it and stuff so that's cool (laughs) i'll have to do like a Rutgers meet and then also go see i say i'm gonna go to Rutgers to watch a gymnastics meet you can go do you guys go to a lot of gymnastics meets oh yeah yeah. we like travel all over the place um we haven't been to new jersey so we also have not been to Rutgers. so maybe this season we will make yeah our our arena is really cool well if you guys come let me know i'll come say hi yeah Yeah. of course (laughs) um do you, where do you guys do you guys come to Michigan this year? No, you guys no. are at the you guys are in, in Toledo. Oh, with so we, Michigan, we might go to that. We might go to that because Toledo's only like a forty minute. Yeah, we live in Ann Arbor, so it's like oh okay, it's not that far. So we'll have to come find you at that meet then. <laughs> right. Hopefully. Well, yeah, that's another thing. I, I need. To, I hope I can get on Travel Squad because they only travel eighteen people. So oh, that's right. Because your team is so huge. Yeah, it's massive. Okay, so well, we're, we'll ma- we're manifesting you in the beam lineup, and then 
If You'll- not, we'll make a GoFundMe to fund your trip to Toledo. <laughs> GoFundMe, put Ginger in line up, please. Yeah. <laughs> or at oh, least yeah, we'll let you travel. Yes. Yeah, we'll pay for your travel to Toledo. <laughs> oh, per- perfect. Sounds amazing. <laughs> Is there anything that we didn't ask you that you want to add, either about yourself, about Rutgers, about your recruiting process, anything that you can think of? Like so you guys you guys nailed it. Your questions are good. You guys are good interviewers. I like it. Thank you. That's so nice. I really <laughs> appreciate you. that. We're hard on ourselves, so we appreciate it. Oh, that. you guys are great. I really? love these. Oh my god. Thank you. That made my day. <laughs> you were I'll amazing. Do it again. Ever want to interview again? I'll be yeah, here. Yeah, we will. We'll do like a check-in at some point, like mid-career, maybe. And we can do like cool. little like, hey. how are you doing now type thing. So yeah we're we're excited to well thank you first of all for coming on and then we're also just really excited to see what you do in your career like I said I'm a big fan of your beam work and um I I am wanting you in the lineup (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for inviting me to this I enjoyed this a lot We want to say thank you so much to Ginger for shedding a light or I guess a different perspective on the recruiting journey of somebody who will go on to be a walk-on athlete for a division one school. That's the perspective that we hadn't touched on on the Recruit Reflection series so far. And we are so grateful that you were able to share your experience with all of our listeners. We are wishing you and your team the best of luck this season. Moving on to the question of the week. Someone submitted, hi guys, I've always wondered what happens to Leos of NCAA teams that switch conferences. Most of them have the conference logo printed or embroidered on the Leo. Is there any way to print over them or do they need a full overhaul? Thanks. Love the podcast. Thank you. Um, So we actually asked Janelle McDonald, since we had her on the show, what UCLA is going to be doing with their Leos since they're one of the big teams that are going to be switching conferences next year. So she said that right now UCLA has the Pac-12 logo on their leotard in rhinestones, which you can see if you watch like any videos or look at photos of them. And then after this season, they're going to send them back to Sylvia P, which is who makes their leos. And they're going to remove the rhinestones and then they're going to replace it with the Big Ten logo and then send it back to UCLA, which I imagine would be pretty expensive to do to send all of those leos back and get it re yeah, either like rhinestoned or I don't know, just replaced. I wonder. I wonder what the cost of that would be or if that's something that like I don't know I'm I'm sure it's in their budget but yeah really interesting that's something that hadn't thought about really before with especially now with all these schools switching conferences and what they're going to do with the leos that have the logos on them right does every leo have the logo on it because I feel like when we were looking at UCLA in particular I felt like some of them did but some of them didn't have the Pac-12 logo I think but I also am not confident in saying that like maybe I just missed it you know what I mean yeah I think the newer leos for sure did but no I think in general like all conferences like the big 10 schools have the big 10 logo on their leo and not all of them are rhinestone, so I'm imagining that it would be a little bit more difficult to update the Leo if it wasn't something like rhinestones that you could take off and then put back on. Yeah, or like a patch of some sort. Which I guess maybe most of them, I don't know, to be honest, this is the first time I've ever really actually like thought about the logo on the leotard. I guess most of them probably aren't directly printed on the leotard. It probably is a patch of some sort. I don't know. I guess going forward, I'm going to pay more attention to that. But as far as UCLA goes, I think that's a good answer to your question as far as what most teams do. Instead of getting a whole new set of Leos, they probably will find a way to change the logo. 
as I would imagine that it's probably 10 times more expensive to replace all of those leotards for the whole entire team. So yeah. If you have a question that you want answered on the show, we have a link in our bio on any of our social media platforms to our link tree. And from there, you will find a link to our question submission form. It's completely anonymous, so you can send your questions there. And we also have it in the show notes down below. That does it for this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And of course, we want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters for making this show possible. On Thursday, we will be bringing you our conversation with LSU's head coach, Jay Clark, as we continue our 2024 season previews. We hope you all have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.